0: The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm
1: podcast network. We're glad you found us. This is
2: Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.
0: Empower yourself and get inspired to build the life of your dreams. Welcome to Everyday Peace with Dr. Drayvon James.
1: Hello and welcome to our show. I'm Dr. Drayvon James and this is Everyday Peace. I am super excited today to be here with you as we explore the concept of living a life of peace every day. Peace defined as wholeness completeness nothing missing nothing broken totality my goodness i want you just to close your eyes if you can if you can't keep them wide open but definitely take a deep breath and if you could hold it for just a second and then release it entirely i like to release it through an open mouth but release it entirely pushing the belly all the way back to the spine and know this to be true because it is Yes, everyday peace is possible. You, no matter what's going on in your external world, whole, complete, nothing missing, nothing broken, totality, that describes you. Yes, you deserve everyday peace. And yes, you can have everyday peace every day. We work together on this show to bring you the topics and the guests to partner with you as you create your life of peace every day. And I want to tell you, I am super excited about our guest today, but if you missed the interview last week with head and neck surgeon, Dr. Francis Parnell, I want to encourage you to go to the archives and listen to this interview. Dr. Francis Parnell has been a head and neck surgeon for over 30 years. He is a co-founder of the Cosmetic and Laser Surgery Institute and co-founder of Parnell Pharmaceuticals Incorporated. He served as the United States delegate to the World Health Organization, and I want to give you all of that because when I tell you this next piece of information, I want you to know that this Dr. Parnell is the real deal, right? He... Um, He came on the show last week and he discussed a nasal spray that his company, Parnell Pharmaceuticals, um, developed. And this nasal spray prevents you from catching viruses, including the coronavirus. So it's over the counter. You owe it to yourself, to your loved ones, to listen to last week's show. Find out about the nasal spray. Find out about how... To get it, Uh, if it's something that's appropriate for you or your loved ones, you owe it to yourself. There's a lot going on in our community. We want to stay safe. We're encouraging people. If you haven't um, given a lot of consideration to getting the vaccine, definitely do that. He wasn't on the show, you know, saying that wasn't the case. He was saying this is something extra that we that we could do to protect ourselves. So definitely encourage you to go and listen to last week's show, and you can access um, that show with Dr. Perdell last week's show and our entire library of shows by subscribing to the dr drayvon james everyday peace podcast on apple spotify google play and stitcher or you can listen to them all on unityonlineradio.org another great place to access everyday peace content is of course on our website drdrayvonjames.com where you can find encouragement and wisdom excerpts excerpts from my book freedom is your birthright contact information free giveaways on courses everything that you can imagine a huge thank you to those of you who keep emailing me It's absolutely okay to do that um, to get free courses and or you can go on the site a huge thank you to those of you who reach out asking me how to get into my coaching programs right now we're doing a huge deal on our leadership coaching program so thank you for reaching out about that but you can also find that information on our website at drdravonjames.com just put in your contact information and we'll get that out to you but it's a-okay to keep reaching out at drayvonjames at yahoo.com we absolutely love reading your emails and getting your feedback well we are more than half way through the year. Can you imagine? And our listeners though, our anthem for 2021 is what are we waiting for? Now, today is the day to take action on the life of your dreams. And today we have two wonderful guests that are going to help us focus on just that, taking action to close the gap between where we are and where we want to be our first guest today will be calvin acker i think i said that wrong calvin acker who is the ceo of glimpse a new dating app for college graduates and we have the writer and director of the newly released film grace and grit Um, sebastian siegel will be joining us as well today so before we get to our fabulous guest today we're going to kick off this time together with our everyday peace moment And I want to tell you that I am truly honored to have the opportunity to gather as a group every week. We are Everyday Peacemakers. We gather every week to explore the topics of everyday peace. It is a blessing to have so many wonderful guests who contribute to our growth and development. And I hope that you share my pride in being part of this Everyday Peace tribe. This show is designed to inspire, to teach, to encourage, and most importantly of all, to shed light on a path to a door in your life that causes you to let go of yesterday and start on your journey today. No more waiting. What are we waiting for? Nothing. The world and how we achieve greatness depends on us stepping forward right now and doing this one very important thing, letting go. Letting go. there's I get emails and I work with people so often um, that are struggling in this department. I want to tell you that I can relate. there's there's this temptation, this part of the brain that loves surety. And there is nothing more sure than the past, right? We were there, we're talking about our own personal past. And the brain gets a delight in knowing all of the answers, right? So it knows the answers about what happened yesterday and sometimes it wants to stay there, but we have to challenge ourselves to go on that path to our desired future, open that door, get curious as to what's behind the door. We're gonna be talking over the next couple of weeks, I'm gonna be giving you some tips That I use with my coaching clients and and when I speak, that help people get on that pathway. We got some wonderful guests that do that, but do you know that nothing happens until you do something? We can have all the great guests we want to have here, all the wonderful everyday peace tips, but you are the most essential part of this program. And, you know, we are all holding hands, you know, and we're Jumping over that broom, if you will, to our next level of greatness. But you got to put your foot over that broom. You got to do that. And so today we're talking about letting go. And this is going to be our theme for the next couple of weeks, uh, maybe more, as we go through this process of what are we waiting for? We're halfway through 2021, guys. We started off 2021 with the theme and we're continuing with the theme. What are we waiting for? So the first step that we're about in letting go is deciding right now this is our action making a decision is an action verb we're making the decision to take nothing personally because you know how that works we get caught up thinking something is personal a personal attack we get caught in our feelings and we get stuck we become afraid so today make the decision everything that happens whether it feels like it's a great thing or it feels like it's not a great thing. Everything that happens in your life today is happening for your greater good, to help you open the door to your next level of greatness. And that is our everyday peace moment. We're gonna go to our very first guest today. Our first guest is Calvin Acker, CEO of Glimpse. Glimpse is the new dating app created by Stanford UCLA and University of San Francisco undergrads. It's said to be changing the traditional dating app experience in offering an intelligent dating app for university graduates. Glimpse combines the best elements of blind dating and modern dating apps to help users find the life partners they deserve. Welcome to the show, Calvin.
2: Thank you so much, I'm excited to be
1: on. I am excited to have you. I was telling you during the break that I have a college graduate. She's graduating six months early. And I was like, you better listen to this show. So tell me, you, um, where are you? First of all, I think this is exciting. Where are you in your in your college um, career? What What year are you?
0: So I'm going into my junior year at Stanford this coming fall.
1: You know, As a mom of two um, college students, I got this big grin on my face because you just make me so happy. My heart's going pitter patter because um, (laughs) the fact that I know your studies are rigorous and you're, you know, you could be doing a thousand other things. Why? What what prompted you to do this, to take your precious time and create a dating app?
0: Yeah, so it actually all started when I saw that one of my friends, she was using Bumble and she had, I want to say, 30 matches and two active conversations. And I started to think about that and kind of listen to what people have been saying about dating apps and kind of compiling those thoughts. And what became really obvious is that these dating apps are really built to get you an ego boost and get you excited every time you get a match. So it's kind of built like a slot machine where you swipe on different users. And if you, you swipe on someone, you're like, oh, I think they're attractive. And then they swipe back on you. Then you get this ego boost of, hey, we both think each other are attractive. That's great. That's great. But that's like, as you were kind of talking about, that's that's not something that's going to bring you everyday peace or anything that's gonna really going to build you up in your life. That's like a short-term Band-Aid. And what you're looking for, you know, to find a, find a healthy relationship, that's going to be what's going to be um, bringing some real value to your life. And so um, as we considered it more, we came up with a new solution to what we thought could help create um, some better and deeper connections, because this is really what people are looking for on dating apps. And we want to rewrite that uh, that brain circuit because kind of as we've seen the last year a lot of these social media apps don't really have our best interests in mind and so as we saw that uh, we, we thought we could really make a big step and help people connect in a meaningful way.
1: Oh I think that's wonderful and you know you did something that so many of my guests do. You started something wonderful with the idea of helping somebody else. So I don't want to, I don't want to miss out on that. That service is where it's at. You know, you, you had a friend that was, you know, in this particular situation on another app and you put your heads together and decided, hey, here's something we can do to maybe make this experience better. So what is it that um, makes Glimpse uh, different? There are yeah, a lot of dating so, apps out there, right? So,
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a very competitive landscape. So, yeah, so the big thing for us uh, is that, like like most traditional swipe dating apps, you swipe on users, kind of distinguishing the ones that you're interested in talking to. So that's a little bit of physical attraction, kind of looking at shared interests and that kind of information. Um, and then usually the, the app stops there. So they, get, they pretty much give each other uh, – they put you in contact, and then you guys can start talking. And the data on that is just that no one really starts talking after that point. So a lot of people have tons of matches, but there's no conversations happening. So like an example of a stat on that is that 68% of first messages on OKCupid, which is a, one of the leading dating apps, uh, don't get a response. So that means that a vast majority of your first messages aren't even getting a response and so those matches are wasted. Um, and so what we did was we actually hide the, the pictures and names of your match when the match is made. And then for the next 20 messages, you have to get to know that person in kind of a blind dating mode. uh, And then you get to unlock their profile. And so our goal, number one, was to incentivize conversation. So now, in order to get that unlock and that joy and kind of the little dopamine hit of seeing who your match is and who's interested in you, you have to have a conversation with them and get to know them. And then number two, it's just making it less superficial because the focus in this, the second half after you've matched is all about whether or not any emotional chemistry exists. And that's where, like, the real connection is made. It's in conversation. It's in getting to know someone. That's when you figure out what's most beautiful about someone and what you're most attracted to about that person. And we wanted to bring conversation back to being the forefront of dating. Because if you meet someone in the real world, that's going to be the whole focus. You're going to be kind of initially attracted to them, and then you're going to start talking to them and getting to know them and realize that you really want to spend more and more time with this person. And so we wanted to create a a dating app that really mimics that rather than these kind of more slot machine and uh, kind of machine dating apps that really aren't helping people connect in a meaningful way.
1: Oh, I love that. So you're trying to mimic real life experience and there's nothing better than that. But I got to go back for just one second because I'll try and take these notes really quickly. Um, but yeah. so you, you get to see the person and the person gets to see you. Right. That's that's the initial yeah. thing. So you do get to see them. You get to see if they're if that's your physical type or whatever. And then once yeah. you and I'm just re-saying it the way I understand it um, mm-hmm. for those of us who may not be in your natural demographic we'll get to that in a second yeah. but <laughs> I may have aged out <laughs> uh, but, uh, so you 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 get to see the people each person says okay mm-hmm. yes you know I'm interested in this gentleman and so I send him or whatever and then he mm-hmm. accepts it and then after that our pictures go away
0: Yeah, so the whole goal is physical attraction is a really important step in in the matchmaking process because as as some data could show you, or as as most of us know, we want to be physically attracted to someone that we're talking to in a romantic sense. And so we still allow that stuff to happen. But then, like you said, when the match is made, it it shows up an hour after you guys both mutually accept each other or say that you're interested in each other. So by that time, it's out of your short-term memory, and so it's almost impossible to remember exactly who that person is or what they look like. And then it shows up under a fake name. So we have a a full fun list of generated names. I think mine might be crazy TV or something like that. Um, And they show up under a fake name, Uh, you can't see their photos, but you can see all of the written information that they have. So in their bio, their interest, their school, all of that information is there. So there's plenty of information to start a conversation with. But you just don't know which person that you swiped on earlier. You're matched with now.
1: Oh, I love it. You know, and again, you you just, you have me smiling again because it it <laughs> seems almost like uh, and I know it's you know dating is serious, but it has that uh, fun like game kind of you know yeah. energetic energy to it, and I think that that's going to be very attractive to younger people too because it's almost like a hide and seek to a sort of <laughs> you know you mm-hmm. I saw you you went away and now we really just get to formulate this this relationship based on our conversation, which you know. How uh, novel is that idea? That's how it should be done. We should be making yeah. these connections based on conversations, right? So I absolutely love that. So tell us. I know many people are listening right now because we're talking about this for for our listeners. This is the year mm-hmm. of what are we waiting for? Nothing. So I know we have listeners who are who had on their to do list in 2021 to get involved in a meaningful relationship. So mm. what? is your ideal demographic
0: yeah so we actually have kind of a niche demographic which is something that i think long term we we are looking to expand out of but one of the big concerns in dating right now is safety and so 53 percent of women say that uh, they don't think online dating is safe and that's just a that's a really scary statistic uh and something that we really want to step away from and kind of move online dating be safer and so one thing that we do which limits who uh can use the app right now is We limit it to college graduates. And so we verify everyone who who joins the app is a graduate of the school, that they say, um, because a majority of colleges perform background checks. And so we want that added security of having uh, those background checks in place. And then we also want the added honesty of being able to see where someone went to college. Because if someone comes on and tells you that they're, you know, the top heart surgeon in the U.S. and they can't prove that they went to college, then that's a really tough story to sell. And so we want to kind of we want to increase that honesty and security of the app. And so as a result of that, uh, Glimpse, to, to join Glimpse, you have to be a college graduate or in college um, and using, you know, a school email or some other uh, form of verification, uh, you can join Glimpse. But really, our target demographic uh, is anyone you know, leaving college uh, up until uh, the point at which they're no longer interested in dating. Uh so the majority of people under the age of sixty five are are still interested in dating uh We know that this might be a little harder uh due to some uh due to not dating out not being as prevalent in our age group but really uh as we build up this community i think it's 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 really anybody who's interested and uh as it as it grows uh there will be plenty of people on there for uh every person who's interested to find someone like them or someone they're interested in
1: okay so i i and I love that um so, what is when we talk about safety, and I, and what that was one of the things I wanted to, to point to and ask about. What, how safe do you think the app is? Have you had any people, you know, come back and say, oh, you know, this person got through the, you know, the, the checkpoints and and they came back and they hadn't been to college or they, they weren't, you know, and, and we're not saying that going to college makes you safe. We're just saying this is one of the things yeah. we use to kind of verify who you, that yeah. you are, who you say you are.
0: Yeah. No, absolutely. So, yeah, we, we've actually had, we've had no issues with that yet. So uh, the original verification we were using was we you had to use your uh, your university email or alumni email because a lot of schools provide alumni email. So those are given out uh, directly by the schools. And so those are, you know, 100% verifiable, uh, it's almost impossible to get one. Uh, so having an email name names in something like stanford.edu tells us you went to Stanford, it's verified by them or alumni at stanford.edu. Uh, one of those domains is, is a very good verification process. And then the other thing now is you can um, submit verification using like an alumni ID, a student ID, a diploma, and all of those, as we receive them, uh, we back check them to make sure that, you know, you're not just pulling a picture off the internet. Uh, and so. I think the verification process is uh, is is pretty strenuous, um, but we also want to make sure that it's not uh, you know it, it's not an interruption to people trying to join the app and find meaningful connection. Um, but in terms of it being a concern so far, we definitely haven't ran into that. Uh, and we're we are as we as we grow, we are trying to expand and find different ways to kind of increase the safety. This is just the first step in our journey because uh, you know that 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 really is awful that. A majority of women don't think online dating uh, is completely safe. And so we really, really want to step away from that. Um, and then, yeah, I think it's like you said, it's definitely not a perfect system. There are plenty of people out there who do not go to college uh, and are completely safe. And we'd love to have those people on the app as well. Uh, I have plenty of friends from back home who I want to get on the app and I want them to find a meaningful connection as well. And so having that college, gradu- college graduate verification is something that we want to find different alternatives to also have that kind of extra verification kind of an increased accountability because rather than it being tied to an email that you made five minutes ago and it took two minutes to sign up for a gmail account it's it's tied to your alma mater it's tied to where you went to school where you have all these tax records all this information where can your actions are more easily tied back if you're really uh, kind of a bad actor and you're and you're uh, you know making some serious mistakes
1: yeah, I, I absolutely love that because it, it is concerning when, when more than 50 percent of the female populations have concern over their safety. We're going to go to our callers because we have a caller on the line with a question or a comment. Okay, let's see here. Hello, you're on the air. Thank you for calling Everyday Peace. Did you have a question or a comment for our guest today? Yes, just um, actually two questions I have. So my first question is, um, along with that strenuous, like, process of just checking and verification. Do you also offer, like, um, I don't, like, FaceTime video chat for, like, once you ma- are able to start talking to them, do you offer that, uh, like, a little uh, video chat where you guys can talk on that before exchanging numbers?
2: Yeah, so that's just
0: something we're, we're really trying to get into, uh, but we do not have that in there yet. So that is uh, definitely coming down the line, as I know that we don't want you to exchange numbers before you're comfortable with that. And so uh, we are in the works right now. I'm figuring something out, uh, but that is that is not in the app just yet.
1: Oh, that's a great okay. question. You had um, a second question? I ask, uh, yeah, I asked one more question. So, off your app, what would you say is, or so far, what is your um, success rate in make, like for long-term matches? Like, people who say, oh, we met off this app, and we've been together for such and such and for all the, all this time. So, what would you say your success rate is for that?
0: Yeah, so I guess a quick answer to that is we did a test launch about three months ago. um, And what we saw from that was that we had over about 15 percent more conversations extended past 20 messages than uh, the the only the the biggest study done on dating apps. And so we're really excited to see that data. Um, But in terms of having long term success rate, uh, we did just launch uh, last week officially. So we cannot have a giant uh, pool of people who have uh, matched yet. Uh, we're looking to you know build that up, and we're extremely excited to hear the success stories that come out of it. Uh, but I do have one, which is uh, a good friend of mine. I actually just uh, met his uh, the the girl that he met on Glimpse, uh, and, and they've been talking for a good little while from our test experiment. So uh, that was exciting to see. But uh, yeah, still still waiting to get some results on that. I think a week is a little too short of a time for uh, any proposals yet, sadly.
1: <laughs> yeah. But well, thank you so much well, for your you questions. So they, they were wonderful. And thank you for being an Everyday Peacemaker. We are going to go to our next caller. Thank you. You're on the air with Everyday Peace. And Dr. Drayvon James and our fabulous guest, did you have a question or comment? Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hi, yes, we can hear you.
3: Oh, yes. So I had a couple of questions. The first question is, since this is geared towards college graduates, and I'm sure that the demographics will show that many of them are young, what is the cost um, for this app? You know, so is it affordable for, like, recent mm-hmm. college graduates? And also, um, are there any, like, hidden fees, you know, some of these apps, like, you sign up for one thing and then in order to do this or do that, you have to pay extra money. And so this asking, um, that's the first question I had.
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So the app is, uh, is free to use. Uh, we, we, we oh, want great. people to connect. Uh, and so there's the, in terms of joining and being able to have success in the app, uh, you can absolutely do that uh, for completely free. We do have features great. in the app that, um, can, you know, kind of increase your success rate so you can expand your mailbox so you can talk to a couple more people at one time at a time. Um, you can see people who are interested in you. You can, uh, there's a couple different features that are in there to that can help you if you are interested in kind of speeding up the process. Um, those are available for $30 for a month. Um, but that's, that's really just an upgrade of your choice. If you kind of want to streamline the process. In terms of having success on the app, uh, there's absolutely no need uh, to do that. You know Everyone can. can. Uh... This
1: is an exciting topic, and I hear, I hear the music playing. I want to thank Calvin Acker, CEO of Glimpse. Please check out the app and get started. What are you waiting for? Thank you for being a fabulous guest on our show today, Calvin.
2: Of course.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
2: Discover the power
3: within. Unity Online Radio.
1: The voice of an awakening world. Create and
0: build the life of your dreams. Welcome back to Everyday Peace with Dr. Dravon
3: James.
1: Welcome back. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. This is Everyday Peace. And you know, we've been talking about our theme, right? We opened that with that today, what are you waiting for? I am super delighted for this half of the show to bring to you our, our guest Sebastian Siegel, best known for his role on Tyler Perry's The Haves and Have Nots, and various guest starring roles on TV series including Hawaii Five-O and Lost. Sebastian's been very busy. He has just—he is the film writer director of Grace and Grit which tells the true love story of iconic philosopher Ken Wilber and his wife Treya in 1980s California as they fall madly in love and are faced with illnesses and challenges that threaten and tear, to tear them apart. Sebastian, welcome to the show. We're delighted to have you.
2: It's great to be here. Thank you for everything that you're doing.
1: Oh, thank you. We were saying before the, before, during, before the show came on during our break that um, you're, and I don't want to give too much away. I want you just to talk and tell us what you want to tell us about the, the fabulous movie that you've done. But our theme, everyone, and I want us all to get this. The time is now. Today is the day. Today is the day. Take off the mask. Live the life. Take a deep breath. Get started, because here we go. This is life; we're living it today. And there's there's some twists and turns to life, and there are things that show up, right? Sebastian, your film is all about mm-hmm. this, and um, I want you to take you know, first tell us what what drew you to the story of Grace and Grit. It's it's um it's a true story. What drew you to the story?
2: Very much what you're saying, and it's beautiful. The time is now, and I appreciate your whole modus operandi about. That and I'm in gratitude for you for that, for doing work that's substantive. And when you say the time is now, I think that we death is such an integral part of life, right? We're all gonna it's all we're all gonna experience it, but we put it out of the way, right? We put it in movies and in music, but it's something that we don't ever think is gonna really happen to us, or, or it's so far off in the future that we don't actually acknowledge it. And life doesn't really begin until we confront our mortality. Then life. Become sweeter by the gift of confronting our mortality, by the gift of death, in other words, that we know because the kiss is going to end, because the embrace is going to end, we get to appreciate it more. So when you say the time is now, and how you were telling me earlier on the drive home, you you thought, wow, that's what this whole movie, Grace and Grit, is about. And it really is. And the book struck me, uh, the book by Ken Wilber struck me in that way. And I think that You know, In essence, if you look at a movie, a popular movie like, let's say, Titanic, right, that you have these two people on a boat. And Titanic is not really about a sinking of a ship. It's about these two people on a boat who would not normally love one another because they come from two different worlds and their love doesn't work. But because the boat is going down, because they're going to die, they rise up above their concerns of this life. And they say, you know what, we have to be together, you and me, now, no matter what, right? And so I think that with Grace and Grit, this is very much the same story, that they're not on a boat that's thinking, but they have to confront, in this case, her mortality. And that allows them to rise up to say, you know, we have to do whatever it takes to really absorb and appreciate the, the, the beauty and the magnificence and the wonder of this life here and now. And I think that when I read the book, I was devastated. Yeah, I cried. It's so romantic and and beautiful and devastating and yet it's so full of hope and then i read reviews from people around the world who had read the book and felt the same way and the movie is having that impact as well
1: oh it, it definitely is i mean fabulous actors fabulous story uh produced and directed and everything about it there's not one thing that you could say was a turnoff it, it's a tearjerker <laughs> <For> <laughs> bring, sure. your, bring, your t- bring your tissues you're going to fall in love right it makes you, i think it For me, and you tell me if this was your intention, but for me, it drew me so much into this present moment. Um, It made me so aware, and I am a person who tries with daily practices to be in this moment, but it made me so aware of how out of the moment I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that was your intention in the film, but it, it made me think that this moment, this chair, my feet, everything just became so real to me in this right now.
2: That 's beautiful, thank you for that so much um, yeah I think that that you know I experienced that with the book very much, and I wanted to transcribe that and articulate that in the movie. That it is very much as you're saying, bringing in the moment here now. It, the movie is experiential, so to ground that, in other words, you know, if anyone watches this movie, and you can watch it now, it was in theaters in June, and now it's on Amazon, it's on Apple, it's on Dango, cetera. But this is an epic love story about love beyond life, and it's a great movie to watch with someone. It's not an easy movie, like you said, it will make you will cry probably in this movie. If you have a heart, <laughs> if you've ever loved someone or been heartbroken, you will cry. But it does draw you in the moment. In the way that this movie is experiential, what I mean by that is to say that we watch these two characters, and they go. They start with romantic love, which is an ideal, this idea, this image we have of love, and then they have passionate love, which is this evolutionary impulse, like attraction and chemistry and eroticism, and then after that, they have finally courageous love, which is when we say we step up and we say, you know what, this person matters their priorities matter as much as and sometimes more than my own. And that's courageous love, which very few people get to. And then beyond that is selfless love, where we say, you know what, this person, I will sacrifice myself in many ways for this person. This is selfless love. And we see them go through that in the story, in this true story adapted from this book. And then finally, transcendent love, which is that not only am I just in service to this person, but I'm in service to love itself itself. That through this person, I'm having a relationship with God or with spirit or with love itself, with love, the very ground of being. And so I think when you talk about dropping into this moment during this movie, that, yes, I wanted to achieve that by seeing these actors, these, these characters go through these dynamics of love from romantic, to passionate, to courageous, to selfless, to transcendent love. But I want the audience to go through that, too. In other words, I want the audience to feel excited, seduced, full of hope, aroused and then fearful and then anxious and then devastated and then ultimately resurrected, ultimately with the knowledge that love lives on. So in that way, it's not an easy movie to sit in. It's a very emotional movie, but it's beautiful. And when you stay just like in a deep in breath, and out breath if you stay in there, it's beautiful at the end,
1: oh, you're right, you know when i when i as you were doing that so, beautiful synopsis there in description, I thought to myself, yeah, this was my ugly cry movie because <laughs> um, I couldn't you know you can't stop, you know, and you, and you you're captivated from the start, and who you know I think what you just said is so true that many of us get to the romantic love and the intimate love and the intimacy but courageous a lot of times we we stop when when love takes courage that's you know when we start heading for the D for the divorce or whatever when yep. when love takes courage that's when we stop and then if we get past the courage and, you know, we try to get to the selfless love and that's a whole nut. So it's these different levels that it takes you through to realize that the whole the whole. And I know this is a romantic story about this man, and this woman, but I really believe it was really about. This concept of love, like if the movie answered that question, like if you would say, well, what really is love? What really is it? We know it's a four-letter word. We know it feels good. We want people to feel that way about us. We want to hear that word. But the movie answers the question, this is love. It's all of this. It's the whole rainbow of emotions.
2: Very that, much so, and thank yeah. you for that. That yeah. It is, you know, in, as articulated in this true story, which, you know, in the book is Chronicles, Treyas, uh, this woman's journals, um, that really it's about how the— how love has the power to transform us which has to do with surrender right and sacrifice that in other words when we get married or we fall in love or we have a child or a sibling or a parent or a vocation or a calling or something a garden something that we feel is more important than us that then all of a sudden we're waking up at a time that we don't want to wake up to do something for someone or something to plant the seeds to give to someone in a way that we might not have previously thought that we could. In other words, that love is the vehicle for our own transformation.
1: And I thought about
2: this movie in very simple and accessible terms that, wow, why would this make such a great movie? The book is so popular in 30 languages. I thought that this is really very much what you're saying. It's about that. It's about how love is the vehicle for our own transformation, that through love, we sacrifice ourselves in ways we never would have. Right. And you look at the, you know, uh, someone who lives on a farm and they wake early and they, they have to take care of the sheep, no matter how sick they are, no matter how happy they are, no matter if there's a birthday or a hurricane, it doesn't matter. It's the same thing with a gardener. It's the same thing with a parent. It's the same thing with a sibling. It's the same thing when we love another human being, right? We, we rise up and we say, you know what? I have to do this. That love becomes ultimately our vehicle for transformation.
1: Oh, I, you know what? You just, you're making me smile because I was friends with a family that were dairy farmers in college. And I remember they used to say that that no matter what, when you run a dairy farm, there are things that the cow needs to be milked. And you and there's this love and this tenderness. But if there's a wedding, if there's a funeral, if the you have this that drives you. So I you're so on point. And I gotta ask you, because it's a I haven't read the book. I just saw the movie, but um the 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 movie does so much that is that are beyond words so i encourage every listener to really we're talking about today our whole theme this year is what are you waiting for and this movie i believe will light some steps on that pathway so you can see the door and you can open it and head into love head into your journey but for you sebastian within your personal practice was there a guiding spiritual element that you wanted to incorporate into the film because i i felt like spiritually awakened, watching the film
2: beautiful you know it's a great question. I think that in some way, I suppose when we get lost in the doing of the, of something, then we become that electrical current right and I think I remember reading these stories from albert einstein 's journals, and he would say that you know he'd be riding on his bicycle and he would think about what is quanta, what is light, and then he would ride as fast as he could on his bicycle, and he would feel like if i 'm light. What happens to the thing I'm running into, right? What happens to darkness or, or a planet or something like this? And I think that a lot of times we get lost in something that we become that electrical frequency, we become that current, yeah? And I think that that gives us the courage ultimately to climb Mount Everest or to meditate or to pray or to, you know, and ultimately to love, you know, to do, you know, in, in ways that are, uh, you know, previously beyond us, that we become more. And I think one of the things about transcendent art, whether it's painting, or sculpture, or music, or books, you know, in this case, movies, is that we can sit for a very brief period and be transformed, be carried somewhere and feel that electrical current. So I think, yes, in this film, the sort of the theater very take quality is that I surrendered myself completely to this movie. Um, it's challenging to make a movie, you know, on a, on a large movie, you've got a 1000 people on a small movie, even 100 people, a couple 100 people. So everyone has to show up. And this great adage and theater, the show must go on. I love it because it means that just by sheer numbers and by sheer odds, if you've got you know, 100 or 200 or 500 people working on a film so many days in a row, and you've only got this time, everyone has to show up and give themselves. So for me as writer, as producer, as director, I was on this for many years that I have to sacrifice myself fully to be in service to it, that that the joy for me becomes getting lost in it. And that becomes in some way a spiritual practice. Uh, In other words, and when I think when I say spiritual practice, I really mean a practice of surrender that I say, I'm giving myself to this thing. This is more important than me, not because it's big, not because it's important in some sort of ideological way, just because I'm in service to it in the same way that I'm in service to spirit itself, to love itself, to God itself.
1: Oh, that was beautiful. And I, and I love that. Surrendering yourself to that. And let, let's, oh, I think we have a caller, I think, on the line. Let me, I'll come back to that question. Hello, you're on the air with Everyday Peace and Dr. Dravon James and our fabulous guest today. Did you have a question or comment? Yes,
3: a comment and a question. First, I have not um, seen the movie, but it seems, I just um, Googled it, and um, it seems amazing. And the, the two actors, I'm very familiar with the two actors, and so I know that they've probably done a wonderful job, and I'm sure you've done a great job as a director. So I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it, even though it appears they have some really sad moments, but still, I'm um, just the whole theme um, that you and Dr. James was talking about. I'm excited to see that. My second question is, so, uh, I and a, a, our, our partner have, uh, created a production company and we've made films and we went to a film festival. We've been all, we've created independent films and, and all these things. And so one of the questions we have is that how do you get to the next level? We feel like we've created some really good work, um, I've written a couple of books that I'm trying to turn into films. And, but we just like, how, how do you get to that next level? You know, we didn't wait for somebody to make the film. So we did the films ourselves, but still, mm-hmm. how do we get to that next level? It's a great question. First,
2: I appreciate the, you know, the commentary before. And I, you know, for myself, I'm a cinephile. I love movies. And I'm transformed by music and movies all the time. I have sort of Satori awakening moments. There's so many movies I love that have impacted me, and I think a lot of us in ways that we're not aware of. We see a movie and then it affects us so so many years later. And I think that that way, in the making of a movie, um, I think what I what I see, you know, from my perspective is that so many people, because it's so collaborative and it requires so many people to give themselves on so many ways to a movie that there have to, we have to look at it in two ways. One is as an art, right? As a writer, as a director, uh, as an actor, et cetera. And then the other is as a business to really understand, like this is a, a painting okay. and that I, I need to do due diligence and I need to be respectful of the people who are, who are buying the wood that's gonna frame this painting and the canvas and the paints themselves. And if I need to make sacrifices, those sacrifices don't have to be big compromises. In other words, if we don't we can't afford a certain color of red in our painting, let's go with a different color red. In other words, creativity can drive the art in such a way that makes it agree with the business. And I think that for many filmmakers it's important to understand it as a as a business and as a as a production in that way that I see many brilliant writers and directors that without knowing the relationship between director writer and producer they're they're missing a a key element um first props to you you know for making your films happen because uh, it takes enormous initiative to make a film of any scope i started as a writer producer director doing commercials and then documentaries and then trailers and then shorts and then features and um it really requires getting people excited about something so to put a button on it, to take it up to the next level. It's really just finding the people who will stay in it, who will keep the rudder in the water, because I think that, um, commitment is more important, uh, of a commodity than talent. Yeah. Because if someone is committed and they're flexible and they're creative and they're enthusiastic, anything can be learned.
3: Wow. Well, thank you. And, um, as for the props, I'll have to give that to my partner. She's the producer. And, um, You know, I I did some writing, but uh, for me, it was just like, okay, I'm excited to write. But she really sees the business end of it. Like, this is not a bucket list thing. So, um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, so, well, Mm -hmm. thank you very much. Another great show, Dr. James. Thank you.
1: You're so welcome, and thank you for being an everyday peacemaker. You make all the difference. Uh, Listen, you said something, Sebastian, and I don't want to gloss over it because I really – want our listeners to to grab a hold of everything that you have to give here today and you are just giving of yourself in so many ways through your work on film and television through your through your producing and directing it is marvelous but you said that commitment is more important than talent and i want our listeners to hear that because one of the things that we've talked about so frequently is that the I'm not enough syndrome, right? And to really surrender to something, I think there is, you said this earlier, there's a losing of oneself. That that ego shuts down. You become the thing. It's like, I, I, I don't know where the thing stops and where I begin. I'm just it. And there's no judgment of, is there talent? Is there not talent? It's I'm all in. I have surrendered to this, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm hearing mm-hmm. anyway.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very much so. And I think that that uh, is emulated throughout nature and throughout the history of humanity. Uh, we can look at sports, art, science, uh, everything, right? You know, even even our myths. In other words, if you look at sports, like, arguably, you're one of the greatest basketball players ever, Michael Jordan, not the tallest. Not necessarily the, the, the best skills, not necessarily, but the best leader because he's fully committed, fully dedicated, and full service. In other words, what he does, uh, you know, did on the court transcends basketball. He becomes such a leader that it infuses the team that he's on with an electrical current of I can, I will. In other words, that's the miracle, right? If we look at even, you know, Einstein talked also about how creativity was more important than intelligence. We look at people who do something like climb Mount Everest, you know, or... You know, as somebody who beats an unbelievable illness, yeah, or, you know, Mother Teresa, another great example. You know, you look at someone who just says, I'm giving myself to this, and in that way transforms the world, not setting out to transform the world, just being in full service, that this sense of commitment. And I think about, you know, dreams and possibilities, and commitment is really that bridge. Right. And commitment means, in a lot of ways, saying no to so many other things. Yeah. I, I know for me, like and as a filmmaker, I hold this in such high regard, not because I want to have wealth, not because I want to be known, not because I want to have success, but because I just really believe in it. I love telling stories. I love having uh, the opportunity to make people laugh and cry and feel something that might be richly alive deep within or dormant and reawaken that. That, for me, is like the work of. Of life, I feel like that's just such an honor to carry that torch in any way that I possibly can, and so I surrender myself to it. So I think about commitment, you know, even on a in a in an archetypal uh, sort of uh, biblical sense. Everybody loves the story of Moses, right? Everybody loves it, whether they're religious or not. Doesn't matter. Everybody knows the story of Moses. This idea of we step into you know the Red Sea parts after Moses puts his foot in the Red Sea. In other words, we can't say, "Well, I'm going to commit." but it's got to happen. It's just through this fearlessness or rather courage instead of fearlessness. So we can be afraid, but we go anyways, we believe anyways. And that's when we get to the top of Mount Everest. That's when the love with the partner, when a husband and wife, you know, two, two people are in love with one another, that's when it works. When someone says, you know what, I might get, I might get destroyed in this relationship, right? But I'm in it. When both people do that, anything is possible. And I feel the same way vocationally. Yeah
1: oh my goodness we have a few minutes left and i and i don't want to leave without because you've said so much right here and there's a lot here to commit means to say yes to something but you must there's always sacrifice you have to say no to something else it's okay to say no to something else to commit and sell out to a hundred percent of what you of who you are and what you believe in so that's very very important um our last caller talked about a few things and it got me thinking about you said, you know, there, there are two sides here. There is the creativeness. There is the love. There is the passion. And then, of course, as with all things, there is the business. So let's talk. Let's switch hats just a little bit and talk about, um, you know, how long did it take the film to make and just some of the particular um, maybe share a challenge that you really had to come over. You mentioned, you know, having so many people and having them to show up every day and getting them, you know, I call it galvanizing a team, right? But Mm -hmm. just some of the challenges, how long did it take to get from, you know, the film out and all of that?
2: Well, uh, abstract decades, lifetimes, perhaps, but maybe it started before me. In one way, I think of it like that, just in the way that whatever we're in service to, we're ultimately carrying the torch of someone before us and someone before us, and someone before that, right? Whatever the thing is. In other words, all language is built on language before. And the reason I bring that up, as is, is esoteric as that seems, is that we think about this work has been happening not for thousands of years, not for millions of years, but billions of years. So really beyond time. In other words, whatever we're doing, if we look at how long is it gonna take, if instead we just look at, look, I'm gonna give my all to it and not worry about it. Then we're all of a sudden, we're released from that pressure in one way, right? So in other words, On a movie, there's a gestation period for every film that's just right, right? Just like a baby. You can't pull the baby out of the womb too soon. It's no good. And you can't leave it in too long. It's like we try to pull grass out of the ground. It doesn't get it to grow faster. It it kills it, right? So we have to trust, you know, give ourselves to it, and then also then trust the speed of that process, trust whatever that unfolding is. Um, I think in this particular film, I optioned it nine years ago, almost 10 years ago. And I didn't push it. There were, I had many opportunities, three particular opportunities to make it. Uh, one time is a movie that was much larger for $10 million another time for $2.5 million contingent on a number of different things. And both times were very tempting, but I knew that they just weren't the right way to go about it. Business-wise, it wasn't right to make a $10 million movie because this movie uh, is not a broad pop film, right? This is a movie for an audience that really wants to feel what it is, to be heartbroken and then full of joy. And not everybody wants that in a movie. This isn't car chases and explosions. Um, So it's about doing the movie right. And then in the other case it was contingent on uh, particular actors and and such and and different things that I just didn't feel that that I would be giving my creative integrity to carrying the torch of this true story of these journals and this book. So with that in mind, I think that, any business structure the timing has to be right the 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 soil has to be fertile but i do know that when we give ourselves we will find that soil and we will find those people who also believe and that the that you know when 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 we do jump the net does appear so to speak um, but we must go without looking for the net. We must just go. We just go, just like Moses goes to the to the Red Sea. And then he gets in, he puts his foot in, and it parts, right? But that's
1: uh, You're making me smile, Sebastian. <laughs> I tell you, 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 your work is done for the day. I got to tell you, you, you need to go take a break after this, because you have done amazing <laughs> teaching in this mm. moment. And these few minutes mm. we've been together, and we have just a few more minutes. What are you working on? Are, are, are you working on any projects right now?
2: Yeah, yeah. The gestation period on a movie is long. It can be months, uh, and the fastest, and many years. So there's several films I've had in uh, in uh, in process. One were in pre-production, and others in funding, and others in casting, etc. There's one called Life Coach. It's a beautiful, dramatic comedy, kind of like American Beauty. Another movie is a true story adapted from a book called 180. It's a story about sobriety and hope and sort of uh, the, the American dream, just a regular guy who finds the American dream through surrender, ultimately, and then another movie uh, that that I'm working on uh, that we're prepping right now. So several different projects, mostly as producer and director, some just as writer and director. Um, but all movies ultimately about transcendence. You know, also ultimately.
0: Oh, we're going to lose stories. you in
1: just about a, a second here. Yeah. I want to say this. I wish you the best of everything. Keep giving us a reason to move forward. You are an amazing actor, producer, writer, director. You're just. You've surrendered, and we want to surrender with you. This is Everyday Peace. I'm Dr. Drayvon James. I want our listeners to know that I absolutely love you. Thank you for being Everyday Peacemakers. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world.